today on Ag News Daily. A lot of the northern plains there has several inches, if not feet, of snow that they need to mm-hmm. melt and have uh, drain away before we're even able to, to think about doing uh, spring prep. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Market Monday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell here flying solo for today. We've got some exciting news. Well, I don't know. I guess we're speculating that some exciting news could come out later this afternoon. So the reason I am recording this podcast alone today as opposed to with Madison or somebody else is because on Friday they announced that the Secretary of State Pompeo would be visiting Iowa the Des Moines area, starting yesterday, March 3rd, and is expected to make some sort of announcement this afternoon at an ag event at the World Food Prize in downtown Des Moines. So I will be bringing updates from that. I'll hopefully be trying to kind of live tweet it, especially if there's something big that happens. But if there's any good comments that he has to make, I'll definitely be sharing those on the podcast tomorrow or Wednesday, depending on what he has to say. But, you know, I was talking to actually Iowa's Secretary of Agriculture, Mike Nag, earlier today doing a video shoot with him. And I was saying, you know, why would he come to Iowa? Is he going to make some sort of announcement? And what's your, you know, take on it? And he said, you know, we just found out Friday night that he was coming. And I think I have to moderate a panel or make some sort of announcement. So it's been kind of a kind of a mess here to figure out really what's going on. He was, Secretary of State was uh, doing a visit in Johnston, Iowa at a high school. He was giving an announcement or giving some sort of like address to FFA members. And then he was also going to be touring Corteva in uh, Johnston. They've got a headquarters building there. And Mike Nag was thinking, Secretary Nag was thinking that perhaps it was because, you know, kind of to put two and two together when it comes to the intellectual property stuff dealing with China, you know, that that was just his take on it. He thought maybe that's kind of part of the reason they were visiting the Corteva facility is so that Pompeo, Secretary Pompeo could see all of that and understand maybe a little bit more about what goes into that and what it takes to get trademarks and intellectual property rights and whatnot, so... Hopefully he'll be speaking about some of that tonight, but when you look at what's going on in the news right now, I, I I hate to speculate because we don't know anything, and maybe he doesn't know anything. Maybe it's just a visit to Iowa like EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt did last spring, but hoping he has some sort of announcement to share with folks here in Iowa, especially something related to agriculture. To kick off some more news, we saw on Friday President Trump, you know, tweet out a couple of different things, especially when it comes to the U.S.-Chinese trade negotiations. He tweeted, I want to make sure I get this right here. He said, I have asked China to immediately remove all tariffs on our agricultural products, including beef, pork, etc., based on the fact that we are moving along nicely with trade discussions. He certainly excited the markets with that on Friday. Actually, I think it was just, I'm sorry, it wasn't Friday. It was just yesterday, Sunday, that he tweeted that out. And the Wall Street Journal is also reporting that China has actually offered to reduce tariffs and restrictions on U.S. goods, including farm, chemical, and auto parts. Uh, So there are still some sticking points to be resolved there. And as far as I know, we haven't seen the White House report anything or confirm that this is indeed true. 
that it just cited people familiar to the issue. And um, of course, we saw March 1st was that Friday deadline. We didn't see any sanction or tariffs go into effect there. And then President Trump tweeted that out over the weekend. We saw the markets react positively to it today, although not a huge close on a day. And so we're we're in this period of, again, waiting and seeing. Uh, the Wall Street Journal article also said that it's possible that President Trump and President Xi could meet as soon as March 27th here at the end of the month. So, again, I think it's very strange and coincidental timing that we saw this get announced on Friday. Then we saw President Trump tweet this out over the weekend. Are we going to have some sort of announcement by Secretary Pompeo tonight in, you know, one of the heartland or really in the heartland here for agriculture? I don't know. We will keep you posted here on the podcast and on social media, Facebook and on Twitter at Ag News Daily. I'm going to try and live tweet some stuff and post some stuff on Facebook. Like I said, especially if we have some sort of, you know, instant or breaking news, so to speak. So also over this week, also over the weekend, President Trump was extremely bit extremely busy. He took the time to criticize the Federal Reserve and their interest rate hikes over the weekend, saying that he, you know, felt that the Federal Reserve was attempting to flatten or reverse his attempts to grow the economy, so he wasn't very happy about that. He said the Federal Reserve has had a patient stance over the last month, and that stance is not expected to change for their next rate decision on March 20th. But he said, I want a strong dollar, but I want a dollar that does great for our country, not a dollar that's so strong that it makes it prohibitive for us to do business with other nations and take their business. We have a gentleman that likes raising interest rates in the Fed. We have a gentleman that loves quantitative tightening in the Fed. We have a gentleman that likes a very strong dollar in the Fed. So don't know what's going to happen there for sure, but definitely something that President Trump was criticizing or watching here over the weekend. So he's definitely been busy. And we will continue to watch that and see what interest rate hikes do here over the next month or so, that March 20th date. We are expecting additional snow in the south central U.S. this week to weekend. Uh, The current snow cover is remaining pretty heavy across the U.S. right now with forecasts over the next few weeks uh, not expected to reduce or pull back. A lot of precipitation and wet conditions are continuing to it continue to happen here throughout the month of April. And I am going to have Angie Setzer on with me in here just a little moment here to talk about the markets. And that's one thing I'm going to definitely bring up with Angie is what's going to go on with planting. Of course, she's up in Michigan, so she has maybe a little different stance than uh, some of our, you know, traditional ice states or folks living in a more central Midwest. So gonna stay tuned for that. Do stay tuned in for that, I should say. Later coming up this week, we've got the official warm-up on trade talks with the U.S. and EU on Wednesday. European officials are set to visit Washington, D.C. from Wednesday until Friday to gear up for full-fledged trade talks. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and EU Trade Commissioner Cecilia Malmstrom meet on Wednesday. The White House Chief Economic Advisor Larry Kudlow will meet with the European Commission Secretary General, it's quite the title there, Martin Selmeyer on Thursday. And we still don't know really 
we've seen the sticking point here be to leave farm trade off of the books. So we will see how that goes this week. Um, sounds like the U.S. is going to be aggressive and try and see that they can get or try and see if they can get agriculture to be part of a trade deal. But that is a wait and game see, no doubt. We have a little bit more news, or maybe not so much news as just some of the reactions to Secretary Purdue's address in the in Orlando last week at the Commodity Classic. He made, made quite a few mentions, as I said the other day, about U.S.-Chinese trade negotiations. He also, however, made note of President Trump's meeting with Kim Jong-un in Vietnam and said that Trump walked away from this meeting in Vietnam because he decided the terms weren't good enough and the president won't sign an agreement that can't be enforced. Purdue said that specifically. He won't sign an agreement that can't be enforced. And so we also know coming out of the of the uh, American commodity classic there that we again, he reiterated that we again need to lift tariffs on Mexico and Canada, watching those Section 232 and uh, 232 and what is it, 331 tariffs, I believe. So he said, you know, amongst other things, that ultimately a trade deal with China would kind of be, I think the word he used was, would be a bonanza for U.S. ag exports. I'm trying to find here, he said... U.S. farm goods and U.S. exports to the country will break new records once that market is reopened and and renegotiated there. Um, And a magnificent conclusion to the U.S.-China trade negotiations will involve doubling and tripling our farm exports to China. So again, we're allegedly going to get some sort of announcement out of Secretary Pompeo's visit later this afternoon. So... I I don't want to speculate, but I think a lot of folks are speculating that maybe we'll see some sort of announcement here dealing with the U.S.-Chinese trade negotiations. Maybe another trade negotiation, who knows? But I would have to say I would think it would be something China-related since Iowa seems to be kind of a leader, of course, in soybean production and other commodities. But also we get a lot of folks and delegates. I mean, we're a caucus state, so we get a lot of folks that come here to make announcements. So hopefully we're going to see some sort of announcement tonight. But like I said, this is me speculating. This is other reporters speculating. So all we can do really right now is kind of speculate until we know more. And we will be bringing you updates again on Twitter, Facebook, if there is anything to report And of course, tomorrow on the podcast. But with that, I am going to go through today's closing commodity market prices. Folks, I have hope all of you that headed down to Orlando last week had fun at the Commodity Classic. Sounds like it was a great time. I talked to Ted Seifert this morning. He said he talked to a lot of great folks. But if you didn't make it down to the Commodity Classic and you still want to get in touch with the Zaner Group, you can give him a call anytime at 312-277-0050. The commodity markets definitely reacted to some more positive trade tones here in the corn and soybean markets, not so much in the wheat markets, but didn't close up extremely high on the day. The March corn contract up a penny at 3.65 even, the May out up a penny and 3 quarters at 3.74 and 3 quarters, and the December up a penny and a half to close at 3.95 and 3 quarters. In the soybean pits, 
We're trading up a little higher at the close today, up nine cents at one point in the November contract, but didn't quite make those closes on the day. The March contract up four cents, stand at 903 and a quarter, the May up four and a half to close at 916 even. November up four and three quarters cent to close at 950 and a fourth in the wheat pits. Not so pretty picture again today, continuing their downward spiral. The March contract down seven and a quarter cent to be at 446 and three quarters. The May down a penny and a quarter to close at 455 and a half. Looking over into the livestock markets. Some mixed messages here across the live cattle and feeder cattle. The April contract down $1.20 to close at $128.35. The June live cattle contract down $0.62.5 to close at $119.80. In the feeder cattle pits, the March contract down $0.02 on the day to close at $141.20. The April down 2 dollars as well to close at $145.02.5. The May, seeing a little strength there today, closing $0.60 higher on the day to end at $147.12.5. Again, mixed signals here in the lean hog market as well. The April contract up 92.5 cents on the day to close at 57.32.5. The May up 7 cents to close at $66 even. And the June down 35 today to close at 75.17.5. Rounding out our markets with the dairy class 3 milk futures. March contract down 10 cents to close at 15.10. The April down 13 to close at $15 even. Without further ado, let's kick it over to our markets for today with at Goddess of Grain on Twitter, Angie Setzer. Well, as promised for today's Market Monday event, I've got Angie Setzer at Goddess of Grain on Twitter, Vice President of Citizens, Vice President of Grain for Citizens, I should say. Angie, thanks so much for breaking down the markets today. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I feel like we have to start with the Trump stuff that President Trump stuff over the weekend, we saw him tweet out that we're not going to put tariffs on. And then we saw yesterday, the Wall Street Journal reporting um, that China had agreed to take tariffs off of certain products. What's your take on all of this? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like we're getting closer, um, which I kind of feel like Pollyanna optimism a lot of times when we talk about it, just because I've been optimistic that we are going to have a solution you know, since uh, I I had said originally like the 4th of July of last year. So I guess I can just say by the 4th of July in some year, we'll have something figured out. But I feel like we're finally getting there. And I mean, in any negotiation, you start with big, broad strokes. This is what we want to try to accomplish. You know, and then someone comes back and says, well, this is what we're willing to accomplish. And I think we're getting there to where we're finally, hopefully working out on the final details. I mean, obviously, at this point in time, the market's a little bit like, okay, you know, fool me once shame on you sort of deal to where it's waiting to see actual evidence you know written and and signed with ink to make sure that it's a a workable Mm -hmm. sort of solution to everything you know so i think that's the the main thing right now is we're just kind of waiting for an actual confirmation that it happens and you know the one thing everyone keeps saying in soybeans is buy the rumor sell the facts but i think if we can see evidence you know like we saw last week with that it's significant. That was surprising. 1.8 million yeah. metric tons of, of beans sold to, to China without one daily flash announcement, well, which yeah. if you do the math, that's kind of hard to, to that add was, up. But, so we're, well, that was going to be, sorry to interrupt. That was going to be one of my questions too, because I saw on your Twitter that you were like, uh, how did this happen? And we didn't have any flash sales announced because that's purchases of 100,000 and more, right? 
Yes. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, and so, so it means <laughs> they bought a bunch of little tiny purchases. Does that seem likely? Well, I guess it is possible that you could have several buyers purchasing from several different people. You know, it, it would have been, you know, just over 300000 or around 300000 a day that was purchased, but it could be done in 50000 you know, metric ton increments. I'm not quite sure what the, the rules exactly out, outline. Is it if your company sells three fifty thousand metric ton purchases, do they have to report 150,000 tons sold or does that fall below the threshold? So mm. it's kind of interesting to see and it really makes you wonder, you know, how it happened. But at the same time, it's, it's positive. I mean, it's part of what has been discussed as purchased. You know, they said that they would buy uh, 5 million metric ton two times between December and February. And then another 10 million was promised by Secretary Purdue. Mm. So Hopefully we'll we'll kind of see that continuation take place and and see them buying bushels because we definitely need that export demand uh, to remain in place or to show up anyway. I guess remain in place is not the right term to use when it comes to soybeans this year. Well, in the what it was you said the buy the rumor sell the fact that's been kind of the um, I guess the mindset of a lot of traders right now. When you look at that sentiment we've got secretary of state pompeo in iowa today and people are spreading rumors saying oh he's going to make some big trade and policy announcement angie let's say hypothetically i don't know what it's going to be i mean of course we want it to be we've got a trade deal in place but at this point i don't think that's very likely but what kind of buy the rumor sell the fact thing could happen from that meeting today assuming he makes some sort of trade and policy announcement should growers be ready to make some sales tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing that we're seeing right now is just the way that money movement has, has taken place and the direction that the markets have headed, specifically corn and wheat. I mean, the the, the cannon is loaded to, to really um, see some excitement take place in those markets. Soybeans, we seem to be pretty range-bound, and there's mm-hmm. not a big reason why we would have to explode beyond that. But if we were to get a big announcement, you know, it, w- it would be beneficial. I think you know, at this point in time, you know, there's other trade policies or trade conversations that are taking place. We have the um, we have the Japan conversation. We have you know everything involved with what could be taking place with wheat and and things of that nature too. So it's it's there's a lot of moving pieces right now. We've really kind of turned foreign policy on its head in a lot of ways when it comes to trade and, and everything like that. So um, you know, it's it's you just never know anymore which is why it's so surprising to see what happened in corn and wheat take place just simply because we took it so far um, to the downside while soybeans just kind of stayed, you know, gravitated around that $9 uh, sort of pricing level. Do we have anything to get excited about in the wheat markets? I mean, since like middle of (laughs) middle of February where we've just been on this downward trend, when are we going to hit the bottom? God, I, if, if you know, tell me so I can uh, <laughs> well, make sure that I can come out from underneath my rock. But no, the, the thing in with weed is the thing is with weed is that we, you know, we tend to get a midwinter smash. We had seen some better than expected uh, condition reports come out of the southern plains, but really, when it comes down to it, I think acreage is down a lot more than what the USDA projected, and I think we really have to wait until we come out of this deep freeze to see how the wheat fared the winter to get a better idea as to what we're looking at production wise. I mean, I'm not seeing hardly anything trade from a cash flow standpoint as a whole, you know, on the the cash market side. So for what is taking place in spreads and cash, it in no way indicates that the market should be dropping like it has Mm. been. So, I mean, 
do you have any insight on why it is dropping like it is? No. I think it's been, I think a lot of folks have talked, it's money flow, it's speculative, okay. you know, money leaving the market structure. It's, uh, you know, what tends to happen is you see the snowball effect take place and then no one wants to step in. I have a friend that's traded it for quite some time, traded wheat, and he always jokes that, you know, you're always a seller. He said he's actually come in and, and stepped in to buy some just simply because typically you'll see some sort of reversal, even if it's inner day. You know, you'll see downside, 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 turn around and trade back higher. Mm. And he said this has had no no trade back higher. It's just been downside, downside, downside. And he's never seen anything like it. And so it makes me feel better to hear that because I'm thinking the same thing. Hmm. Okay, so maybe not a uh, great hope ahead for wheat producers or people <laughs> well, trading so. wheat. I think there's a lot of fundamental reasons why we should trade higher, and I think eventually money flow will reverse itself. But until then, it just continues to, you know, the beatings will continue yeah. until morale improves kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay, let's you open the gate there for acreage. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, of course, we've seen acreage estimates released by USDA, what, 85 and some change for soybeans and 92 for corn. Do you think that's going to hold true? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think every day that we stay the way we are mm. when it comes to this winter that won't end, you know, it's going to be harder to get that corn in the ground. We've got a lot of fall yeah. field prep work that didn't get done. It's not just the fall field prep work. It's the actual movement of anhydrous and, and other fertilizers that are going to be needed, you know, to, to really get started and, and be able to do it. It's, it's logistics above all else. And so, you know, I think a lot of folks, if you had a, a, a warm, uh, dry spring here, if we were already talking about some field work, now granted, you know, a friend of mine said, oh, a week of 70s makes a big difference in March. And that that's true. But right now, if you look at extended forecasts, there's none of that on the horizon for anyone. And not to mention the fact that a lot of the northern plains there has several inches, if not feet of snow that they need mm -hmm. to melt and have uh, drain away before we're even able to, to think about doing uh, spring prep. Are a lot of your growers no, I... feeling like they're going to be pretty delayed getting in? I mean, it seems like... It... Weather is an issue every year, but it seems like it just keeps coming earlier and earlier in the growing or in the calendar year that people are concerned about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where we start talking about the acreage debate in October of the year prior. You know, it is. It's like decorating for Christmas on the 4th of July. It does get earlier and earlier every year. But the reality is, you know, my growers, we aren't as concerned for one um, we don't have the snowpack, you know what I mean? In, in my neck of the woods here, we have, you know, a few drifts, a few places that might have four or five inches of snow, but that'll be able to take care of itself relatively easily. I mean, we are a little bit delayed. Typically by now, you'd be seeing weight restrictions put on, you know, as of March 1st because of the spring weather. We're not seeing that. We're 10 degrees you know, as the high and the low today. So, I mean, no one's getting overly concerned, but um, at the same time, we don't do here in Michigan the spring, the fall prep or the, the spring prep that you see out west. I mean, the, the farming styles are very, very different. And so I can see why farmers in Iowa would be a lot more concerned than a farmer in Michigan right now, just simply because of the approach that they take when it comes to, to getting corn in the ground. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. You're dealing with yeah. some... It's a very different world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> different it was eye-opening to come out west. I bet. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit through the meat markets for today. I mean, I, I want to start with lean hogs. What's going on here? Why are we seeing such a spread between the front months and the deferred out in June today? 
yeah, we just, I think the hawk market as of late has just been a big spread trading market. It feels like your front month to the next month in line. I didn't get a chance to really look at what today was doing, but I know uh, on Friday we had seen that big reversal with the April actually trading higher while the summer months backed off. The only thing I can think of is that potentially we're talking about that increase in ham demand because of Easter and folks are, are looking at it in that direction, or perhaps they, you know, overdid it the first go around when we saw you know, the June months start trading higher versus April. Um, you know, the problem hogs have right now is that you just have such cheap product. And, and so it's really kind of pressuring your packer margins and, and your cash values aren't supposed to be trading higher. But in fact, we've actually seen some high, some negotiated trade and some higher values here or there, depending on which day you look at it. So hogs have a, a really interesting issue. I mean, obviously the overwhelming thing that's in everyone's face in hogs is the large domestic supply that we have versus the very putrid demand, you know, both for exports and domestically speaking. But then we have this huge 500 pound bullish gorilla in the room when it comes to ASF and what that means for China and what could happen if we were to see the removal of import tariffs on, you know, U.S. port for the Chinese there. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where an announcement on, you know, a trade resolution and a removal of tariffs on agricultural goods could almost, you know, change the entire market dynamics that's taking place in hogs right now. So I think that's the thing is, you know, a face value is, okay, we have too much product is cheap. Um, but in the back of everyone's mind, it's, but wait a minute, what happens mm-hmm. if? And so I think that's why we're going to have kind of that volatile trade that, and we had been, you know, we beat the crap out of hogs for what <laughs> six months. Yeah. You know what I mean? It felt like six weeks probably. Um, so it's just one of those things where, you know, kind of like wheat, what goes down eventually will come back up. But, um, you know, a matter of trading <laughs> yeah. out spreads and all of those other things that go along with it. Is that really, I mean, yeah, it's true, right? It's market dynamics. What goes down must come back up. But it takes, sometimes it just feels like it's so long till we turn around. Oh, yeah. The market can remain irrational much longer than most of us <laughs> can stay solvent. You know, and that's <laughs> yeah. a very, very true yeah statement yeah absolutely what about the let's talk feeder cattle here um chugging along still hitting that 145 46 range what's it going to take for us to break out of this i don't know if we need to see a a range difference i mean you saw that increase in in uh you know the calf crop came in a little bit higher than expected but then the question is what's taking place with the weather and you know the new crop that's coming on so I'm, feeders right now, I think demand's going to remain solid. I think when you look at cash values, they're halfway decent, you know, for most folks. Now, it depends on who you're talking to, you know, on on if anyone's making money or not. But it seems like at this point in time, you know, feeders just really like to keep that support underneath them. But at the same time, they don't need to get too big for their britches, so to speak. So I think you'll just see them, you know, at this point, trade back and forth until we see some sort of reason as you know, that they need to break out, which could simply be, again, that Chinese announcement that they're going to remove tariffs. Okay. Angie, before I let you go, how can folks get in contact with you if they've got more questions or want to pick your brain? You can find me on Twitter at Goddess of Grain, or you can email me at asetzer at citizenselevator.com. Awesome. Angie, thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Well, I always love talking to Angie Setzer there. It's great stuff. She's got great insight, folks. Again, that's Goddess of Grain on Twitter. She is a very active Twitter user, so if you've got questions, she would be the one to ask. 
for those of you that might have missed it on our social media at Ag News Daily, it looks like Elaine Cub tweeted on us, tweeted at us, excuse me, a promised update on crop insurance prices. It's about four dollars for corn and nine fifty four for beans, so a little higher, I think, than maybe what she was thinking it was going to be on Friday, folks. Again, you can find that on our social media at Ag News Daily. With that, I'm going to let y'all go and have a good day. Mm-hmm.